So we um, we were discussing the whole discussion about the intention, and um, I'm just going to go over what we covered really really quickly about how intention uh, plays a major role to the point that an amal an action without it is like a dead body, and to the point that if you don't have if you don't have action but you have only intention, that that even will help you out. Sometimes you have no intention, you have the action though. It's not going to help. But the flip side, you have the intention, but the action for whatever reason doesn't happen. It still works for you. So that was just the importance of the intention that he was talking about. And as I said before, we weren't, we weren't um, going into the details of the, what the intention is supposed to look like. It was just intention versus lack of intention. The details of intention will come later, inshallah, when he talks about ikhlas maybe. And maybe other places as well. So we reached this point where he talked about how Ayatollah Jawadi he speaks about how the intention is one of those spiritual rizqs and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon a person, just like ilm and knowledge. And so there's a paragraph here that I just don't want to skip. Um, I want to read off of and explain a little bit. Uh, I find it very inspiring. He's talking about Ma'navi rizq, okay, spiritual rizq and sustenance versus the physical material sustenance that we all, we are all blessed with, you know, just the fact that we're breathing, eating, dr drinking, sleeping, and living. We all are enjoying all of that. But he says the spiritual blessings are higher, and then he talks about knowledge, okay? He talks about knowledge. Why? He says, look, all of these blessings will come with some pleasure, correct? He says the pleasure of knowledge, and this is just a parenthesis he's opened up. We're not talking about knowledge. The discussion is not related to knowledge. It's about intention. He's letting us know that intention is a spiritual blessing, just like knowledge is a spiritual blessing. Okay, And to illustrate what this means, spiritual blessing, he's explaining to us how beautiful knowledge is, so that we can appreciate niyyah and intention, and how niyyah is also a spiritual blessing. So he says, he says the pleasure of knowledge is much greater than material pleasures. Okay. Why? Because he says material pleasures, these are things that are separate from one's soul, from one's existence. Okay. On the flip side, we have knowledge. He says the material side of things, this is not actually pleasure. It is an illusion of pleasure. Even the pleasure we take from food, he says, from sweets, all of that stu stuff, the pleasure of it, he says, is restricted to one's mouth. Once it's gone, the pleasure is gone too. As for knowledge though, he says, knowledge isn't like this. Listening, hearing, speaking, teaching. And you can tell when he's speaking about these things. Um, he himself has kind of, you know, tasted it himself. That's why he's speaking like this. He says, all of these things that have to do with knowledge, these are things that are not perishable. They're not, they're not going to just be restricted to a certain time or a certain place or a certain 
I don't know, like the example he gave for eating where it was restricted to one's mouth and one's taste buds. So he goes back to the niyyah again. He says the niyyah is the same thing. It is one of those things that Allah has to bless us with. Now, he makes that clear about this spiritual blessing of intention. Then he talks about how hard getting the intention right is. Okay? And for that he explains. He says, look, we have a few hadiths. He, sa he says, number one, we have hadith that says, Niyatul Mu'min Khairun Min Amalihi. That the intention of a mu'min is better than their action. Okay. On the other hand, we have another hadith that says, Afdalul A'mal Ahmazuha. The best of all actions is the hardest of them. Okay, so if you have actions, some of which are better than others because some are harder than others, but then it says the intention is higher than all the action itself, then what can we conclude from this? That the intention is going to probably be the hardest part. Let me repeat. We have actions. Among these actions, some are harder, some are easier. Okay. The ones that are harder are going to be higher as well. Afdalul a'mal ahmazuha. Okay. But then if we have another hadith that's telling us, look, out of all the actions out there, whether they're easy, whether they're hard, there's one that's the best. There's one thing that's better than all of that. It's the intention itself. All right. If being better amongst the actions has to do with what is harder, then niyyah is going to also be harder. Okay? Because it's better than all the rest. So the better the action, yes? the hard, Excuse me. The harder the action, the better it's going to be. When the niyyah is the best of it all, that means it's going to be the hardest of it all. Okay? That's his uh, approach, that's his understanding, that's his opinion here. There might be some observations here, but we'll skip that. That's how he's, it seems that he is wording it here and explaining it. Now, having said all of that, we ask him, why is it that the intention is so hard? He says, look, if you want to get the action right, yeah, there are two things that you have to secure, and that's why it gets a little complicated. Number one, that action that you're going to do, that you want to intend to do, it has to have al-husn al-fi'li and it should also come with al-husn al-fa'li let me explain al-husn al-fi'li means what? means the goodness of an act in and of itself that act, if I want to have the right intention for it which is qurbatan ilallah and get me closer to Allah that action itself, in and of itself has to be something that is what Allah wants. You cannot get close to Allah with the wrong actions, with bad actions, and so on. So the first thing I have to do is make sure this is in accordance and in line with what Allah wants from me. It has to have husn, goodness. Husn fi'li. A goodness in and of itself. It, the fi'l itself, the action itself has to be good. Now, sometimes the action is good in and of itself. But then it doesn't come along with husn fa'li. That means the one who's doing it also isn't bringing it with goodness. And so he gives a few examples here. These are, some of them are uh, straightforward, but some of them are interesting actually. He gives three examples. He says it's like a person who writes a book. Of course, the person who writes the book, they are really inclined to have their name written on the book. Um, if a person, you know, starts a masjid, a center, or a muassasa, which means uh, an institute, <laughs> yeah, they're going to want their name to be on it. Yeah, things like that. Let me, give you, let me tell you a story, by the way, before I go on. 
um, you might have heard this from me before, but I really, for myself, I feel it's a very deep uh, story. One of these akhlaq teachers, I've heard him, he, he said it. Um, he said that, you know, I wrote a book about what? About Islam. Because, you know, the people that I know usually know in Qum, they're all Hausa people, right? So if they're writing a book, they're writing a book on Islamic stuff. And he, so he says that, I took this book to our great akhlaq teacher. He took the book, he just threw it to the side. Wow. I took it to him so that he takes a look at it. You know, he... Um, I don't know, maybe I told this story before in, in, in this class even. I took it to him, so you know, he you know he gives me his blessing, he takes a look at it, gives me some words of encouragement, he put it to the side. I personally knew that great teacher, and I personally believe that he had seen some traces of impurity in this individual's intention, although this individual right now, he himself is a great akhlaq teacher, okay? <laughs> but in the past, yeah, he's telling the story himself. He says, I took it to him. He put the book aside. He didn't even look at it. He said, put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, why are you putting your trust in this? Like, what do you think you're going to accomplish by writing this book? Uh, you're going to get some fame, fortune. What are you after? I don't know. I think he had sensed something in that individual. This doesn't mean that a Hausa student should not strive to teach, to write books, and so on. But this was a specific case a specific story that took place and this great alim sensed something in his student and he told him I don't, I'm not even interested in looking at it you think this is going to get you somewhere? yeah so anyway going back to what we were talking about he says sometimes the fi'il is good writing a book you know giving a lecture speaking teaching all that is good in and of itself. But this person might have some of that in them. So it's not coming with husn fa'ili. But that is a kindergarten example. The fact that I want my name to be written on this. Uh, things like that. But then he gives other examples. He says, no, and then there are some people, you see this shaitan, la'nat on shaitan. This guy, he's very, very seasoned when it comes to getting the best of us and misguiding us. And sometimes he won't misguide us, but he'll make sure that we get the least benefit out of something good we've done because of these things. Like what? For example, he says, there will be some people who will, they, they will do something good. And that good thing has husn fa'ili. But when they do this act, they are paying, I want you to pay attention to this. They are paying attention to the fact that their name will not be written on the book. <laughs> will not be written on the book. So that what happens? So that others say, wow, he wrote a book and he didn't even write his name on it. <laughs> Look, every person, the Quran says very clearly, Every person knows what's going on deep within their heart. Alright? The fact that it is coming into my mind that what? That, yeah, people are going to see me, you know, with my head down as I walk through the streets. Oh, what a humble person, you know? Or that they see that, you know, I wrote, some, everyone knows that I wrote this book, but oh man, I wrote my uh, son's name on it, or I wrote my, my student's name on it, and so on. 
once again, none of this means not to do to, to stay away from the action altogether. It's just letting us, reminding us that, hey, be careful. These, this is a thing. These are things themselves. Yeah, sometimes it's laughable, really. You're like, what is this? Someone loses their akhirah over something like this. But if you're not careful, yeah, the dunya becomes so important to one that even these things that are valueless, really, worthless, in some people's eyes, for others, it's something big. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I still remember this, and I'll never forget this. You know, when you have, like, once again, let's go to Qom, okay? In Qom, when like a great scholar passes away, okay, so they have Isal Salah for him too, right? And so I don't remember exactly which one of our teachers it was who told us this. And he was just saying this on the side from what I remember. It wasn't like an akhlaq class or anything, but he was just like, there's a lot of nafs in these Isal Sawabs of ulama even. You're like, whoa, what does that mean? Well, you haven't attended them maybe, but if you attend them, you'll see. Once again, not pointing any fingers, not judging anybody. But if you're not careful, even shaitan can get, you, get the best of you there. Why? What's going on? Well, where is this alam sitting? Where am I sitting in this whole gathering? When everyone's coming in, are they, are they passing by me so that they say salam to me or not? You know, that kind of thing. Am I being noticed or not? Because look, usually you won't find gatherings where a lot of scholars are there. All, right, all these big names, all at once, all the marajit, for example, and ulama and philosophers and whatnot. You usually don't get a gathering when they're all it, it, when they're all in one gathering. Each of them has their own thing going, right? They're teaching and, and so on. It's only in these types of gatherings where they're all there and everyone's seeing each other. All of a sudden, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're gonna wish that oh, I wish I was sitting there or standing there as people pass. Salamu alaykum. You know what I'm saying? that special ayin that you get you know <laughs> and, and and so on these are things that you know sometimes you didn't even think this was a thing but hey every person's dunya is different right Imam Khomeini he says some people's dunya is their tasbih or their cloak you know it can go down to that even sometimes so anyway for some this might be laughable for some this is actually a thing that did people notice that I didn't put my name on that book while they know it's my book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is all this is all because of weakness of Iman and weakness of Tawheed, really. Where we seek refuge in Allah. But then he goes on to finish with this though. He says, look, some will make this mistake in order for others uh, not to say behind their backs, oh, this person is doing this or that out of riyah and trying to show off in order for people not to say that behind their backs they don't even do that good thing to begin with yeah so they never even have the intention to do something that has husn fi'li forget about fa'li fi'li it doesn't even it, it has they don't even get that far to at least have the intention to do something why because they're struggling with this matter who cares what people think inshallah i'm going to work on myself really hard so i don't care what people think right i'm doing this for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I will put my name on it if I need to, and I won't put my name on it if I don't need to. Whatever. Whatever. Like, you know, when you read all this stuff, you're just like, hey, people, let's just be normal. Yeah? Like, you, you, this OCD of, oh, did I put my name on it or did I not? Because people will notice or not notice. Baba, if you have a, if you are living a Tawheedi life and you have a Tawheedi perspective on life, then you don't have to worry about these things. So what I want to say, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. Inshallah, we have to reach a point where 
it's not that we are paying attention to these things to not pay attention to them. Just all in all, we reach a point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so important to us that we are oblivious to all of it to begin with. That I don't have to pay attention to the fact that what is this person going to say so that, okay, maybe I shouldn't do it or should I do it. I don't have to pay attention to the fact that, okay, I'm not going to put my name on here so that people, I don't get people's attention. These things, you see, like it's just, an, it's just a rabbit hole. You just go deeper and deeper. No, I got to do the work. This is the work. Oh Allah, this is for you. Finished. Yeah. So some people reach the point where they don't even have the intention of doing that good act. So they put aside al-husn al-fi'li altogether. Some people, they go after that which has husn fi'li. But then they struggle with husn fa'ili. So that's why he just gives these examples. He says that's why this whole intention thing, this whole intention game is not an easy one uh, for some. Now, I very humbly want to, you know, kind of say differently a little bit that I think that, yeah, in the beginning it might be a struggle, but inshallah, if someone gets, if, if someone, if a person figures out how it's supposed to be, it shouldn't be too hard, inshallah. Yes. Okay, so that is niyyah, an intention. Our next stage that he goes through is a sidq truthfulness. So what does truthfulness mean? It means not to lie, right? Nope. Well, yes and no. In this context, no. So let's start like this. Let's start with Alamat Tabatabai and what he says in Al-Mizan. Under the verse of Kunu Ma'as-Sadiqeen. So Ayatullah Jawadi, he starts the whole chapter with the verse of Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu ittaqullah wa kunu ma'as-Sadiqeen. O you who believe, have taqwa and be with the, the truthful ones, as-sadiqeen. What does this mean? He talks about this in Al-Mizan. He says, Sidq originally, if you want to go to its roots, truthfulness, what does that mean? To be truthful. So for something to be true, what does it mean? He says, Mutabaqatul qawl wal khabar lil kharij. That that a person, what they say, has to match with what is outside in the reality of things. Correct? Very simple. That's what true versus false means. That's what Sidq is. And he says when a person is uh, given this title of being truthful, it means that what they say matches with what the reality out there is. Then he goes on. He says, now, because belief and a person's resolve and a person's intention to do certain certain things you know decision to do things these are also kind of like words that a person has like when we say the kalima say the kalima right what is the kalima la ilaha, la ilaha illallah right kalima we call it a word but in reality what is it it's a belief yes sometimes we want to uh, express it we will express it with words so we'll call it the kalima, but it's not a kalima, it's a belief that we're supposed to have. Even if a person says the kalima a thousand times, it won't count for them because it's supposed to be a belief, correct? He says, look, since belief and resolve and decisions and intentions that we have for things, they are also referred to as qawl and words or saying, sayings. He says that's why sidq also, the usage of it has expanded. And it not, doesn't just apply to a word that I say and actually utter and verbalize that has to match with reality. No, sometimes it won't be a word 
It won't be something verbalized. It'll be a belief that I have. Okay? So a belief that you have has to match something. Okay? He says, uh, the, we will call a person sadiq not only when what they say is true in the real world, but also when what they say matches, what they do, excuse me, what they do matches what they believe. Okay? Or when they do that which they have intended, they have a they've made a decision to do. All right. So these individuals are also truthful individuals. The guy might not even say anything, but you say this is a truthful individual, right? He says, now let's go to the verse. What did the verse say? It says, "Ya amanu, Have taqwa. The verse said. Were there any stipulations? No. Any. Uh, qualifiers in that verse no he says it is unrestricted so the taqwa in the verse is unrestricted one two it says sadiqeen were there any qualifiers there was there anything that restricted uh, sadiqeen no sadiqeen the truthful ones finished any in any form in any shape all right you can call someone truthful i want you to be with them and then he says, number three, there were also no restrictions when it came to being with them. The Quran says, ittaqullah, the taqwa unrestricted. The sadiqeen, all of them, and be with them. Should I be with them in the day, in the night, in this way or that way? No, no, no restrictions there. Just be with them completely. He says, okay, so no restriction whatsoever, no stipulation whatsoever. And so here what we get is that it means to follow their footsteps completely. Okay. And then what this will mean is that not just try to be truthful in your words and not lie, but be truthful in this greater sense of the term. Now, he doesn't open it up any more than that. Let's go to what Ayatollah Jawadi says here. Uh, actually, let me explain it a little bit, and then we'll see what he says, okay? What we got out of what he said was, in this verse, Sadiqeen means the broader term, broader usage of the term. Okay, not just someone who doesn't lie, but those who are truthful, meaning even their actions match their beliefs and so on. Correct. To show that the Quran uses this word like this in other places, I'm gonna sh I'm gonna share something with you. This is a verse in Surah Munafiqun. It says, "Ida munafiqun, O Prophet, when the munafiqun, when the hypocrites come to you, and what do they say? They say we bear witness." We bear witness that you are the messenger of, of Allah. Okay, So far so good. Is that a lie? Is that not true? Or is it true? It's true that he is the Prophet. Correct? And Allah knows that you are the messenger of Allah. Right? So Allah is saying, I acknowledge that this is true. But guess what? Wallahu yashhadu but Allah bears witness that the munafiqeen and hypocrites are lying. <laughs> Wait, okay, you just said it's true. <laughs> what they said is true. They come and they say to you, O Rasulullah, we believe you are Rasulullah. We, we bear witness. Not that we believe. We bear witness. We admit you are Rasulullah. And then Allah says, yes, you are Rasulullah, but they're lying. Does that mean that what they said is wrong? That he's not Rasulullah? What's it, what's it talking about? Oh, it shows that, yes that the, what they're saying, what they're uttering, is not matching, not the reality of things, but the beliefs that they're supposed to have, or that they have. 
So it shows that Sidq versus Kidb, truth versus lying and falsehood, in the Quran can mean more than just not telling the truth. Okay? Now, let's move on to what Ayatollah Makarim says. I'm still waiting until we get to Jawadi Amuli. Ayatollah Makarim also, to echo all of this, he says, yes, we have two types of lying and telling the truth and being truthful. If a person is giving news of something that is in accordance with reality, that is truth. But if it goes against what they believe in, then it is, they're lying at the same time. So we can have both. All right, so now let's move on to Ayatollah Jawadi here. Ayatollah Jawadi, what he says, uh, he doesn't even open it up as much as Allah and others did. I think he takes it as given, you know, as a given fact. He says, all right, he teaches us how to be with these Sadiqeen and have Sidq. He cites the famous verse of, what is it? Surah Nisa, verse 69. Do you want to know how to be with the Sadiqeen? Whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger, these are going to be with, with the ones whom Allah has blessed. Who are they? The Prophets. Siddiqeen, the truthful ones. So Sadiq means truthful, Siddiq means very truthful. When we say Fatima al Zahra, innaha Siddiqah. Siddiqa means that she's very truthful. Siddiqeen was shuhada was salihin, the witnesses and the righteous ones. If you want to be with these people and have the Siddiq, the condition is one thing. What is it? Obeying Allah and His Prophet. Once that happens, you are with the Prophets. You are with the Siddiqeen and, and, and the rest of the verse. Now he points something out here. He says, this doesn't mean in the Akhirah only. He says, even in the dunya, you're going to be with the prophets. Wow, how's that? The example he gives is this, okay? He says, have you noticed sometimes that uh, you will make a decision based on the waswasa of shaitan and the whispering of shaitan to commit an evil act. But then after that, it won't be long before all of a sudden, you are saved from that. Now, one way or another. Now, sometimes we're not. Sometimes we are though. If a person throughout their life is struggling to obey God, they might mess up once, twice, three times. But have you noticed sometimes it just doesn't work out and they just can't do the wrong thing? He says that this is because this person is living in this dunya with the prophets. Wow. So it doesn't mean we have to be infallible to be with the prophets. But if I am trying my best to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, obey His Prophet, I'm not infallible. I might mess up sometimes. What happens though is that I will be with them. Because it's not going to be a fair game if <laughs> shaitan can get the best of us whenever he wants, but then there's nothing else happening on the other side. No. On the flip side, the angels will be helping. The prophets will be helping. We have this. Our ulama have spoken about this. But at the end of the day, I got to do some work myself. right? I got to make that decision myself as well. Sometimes I'll mess up, sometimes I'll inshallah succeed. But when I succeed, he's saying, what's going on? Well, that would, might have been an example of you being with the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So it's not just in the akhirah, he says it's in, even in the dunya. And then to finally wrap it up, he says, I want to give you a sign 
that shows if you are one of the truthful ones or not. Okay. Now, personally, I'm not sure if I want to actually go through this because then people might think that this is actually the measuring stick. But it can be a measuring stick, okay? Can be a measuring stick. You know me. I like to keep things basic and simple and not too lofty. But he gets a little lofty here. So let's, uh, let's uh, fly with him a little bit. What does he say? He quotes other greats. And he says, He says, If a person in their speech, in their writing, in everything, in their sunnah, their seerah, in everything, their life, if they are sadiq, once again, what does sadiq mean here? Not that they don't lie. But sadiq means that they are truthful. This heart, yes, within it, they have put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This individual will see truthful dreams. This person's dreams will be proper. Yeah. They'll be, let's say, clear. This person will understand what they're supposed to understand from their dreams. Yeah. It's interesting. Let me say this on the side that for these urafa, everything is an opportunity. Everything is a means of ma'rifah for them. The guy says, if I'm going to sleep and my ruh and soul is going to be out there, might as well make the most of that too. <laughs> for me, I'm like, oh man, what is what time is it? Oh, it's salat time, you know. It's salat al-dhuhr, you know. <clears throat> Uh, I'm not even interested in doing the wajib salat, right? For them, these are opportunities for more ma'rifah. For them, to the point, forget salat. Of course salat, that's the greatest opportunity for them. But for them, even more. Their sleep, they're going to make the most of it, for God's sake. And then here I am, eight hours video games, you know? I don't play video games, just saying. Just saying. We're going to make the most of it. It's not haram to play video games, guys. But man, there's so much going on out there. So when you're younger, you have an opportunity to tap into these things. Because when you get older, and you get married, you have kids and all that stuff, you will be deprived of opportunities. And so if you built something when you had the opportunity, when you were a little bit younger, when you had some more free time, yeah. All right, so anyway... They make even the most of their sleep. It's funny. It's really funny. I never even thought of that. Alright, so he says, they see proper dreams. They see truthful, sadiq dreams. Why? Because the soul of a person who is not sadiq, he says, is lying. And this lying soul, not lying, not telling the truth, lying in that sense that I talked about. This lying soul is ahwal, he says. That means it can't see properly can't see the reality of things properly. And so when they're dreaming in, in their alam al-ru'ya, in the, when their soul is in the in, you know t- is going around in the barzakh, yeah, even if they show the person the reality, this person won't see the reality the way it really is. And he says, these are the people that when they're, al- they're awake, they're all over the place. And they talk a lot. They don't observe the, the, the boundaries of halal and haram and what did the verse say? مَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولِ Whoever obeys Allah and the Prophet. Okay, that's what matters. I don't care if you, in the month of Ramadan, you know, nights of Qadr, you're up all night. That's great. That's good motivation. That'll help. But like, if you're throughout the day sinning, it's not going to work. 
It's not going to work. These things will really work when you're not sinning, when you're not disobeying Allah's command. So he's saying here, if you're all over the place, and very talkative, it's interesting how he puts his finger on this, you're very talkative. <laughs> you talk a lot. <laughs> right? You're not going to, it's not going to work, he said. He says they'll have dreams and see things that those who can interpret dreams even will put their hands up. They'll be like, we can't. These are adghathu ahlam. These are just scattered dreams that, you know, can't really make much of. But then he says the person whose ruh and soul is, 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 is sadiq. And when they speak, they speak properly. And all of that, this person will see properly as well. Yeah. And so he says this is a sign for us. If a person reaches a point where they're seeing proper dreams, making out, making out what's going on in that in that realm of, of things, then this shows this is a sign that yes, they are of the sadiqeen. Okay. Now, he says all of this. Let me explain something and then we'll end. Let me just make it clear. As I said, it's hard for me to talk about these things sometimes. First of all, I don't have them myself. Number one. Number two, it can be a problem for some of us where we think, okay, this is the measuring stick. So I now I'm going to be on the lookout to make sure that I see proper dreams. And so when I don't see them, there must be something wrong. No. No, 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 no. Do you know when something's wrong? When you've read the wajib and haram and the risala amaliyah, the tozi of your marja, and you're not living up to that, that's when something's wrong. All these other measuring sticks that are given, these are extra bonuses in the sense that, okay, if you do notice that, okay, I'm seeing things clearer, I am picking certain things up here and there, whether I'm awake or asleep or whatever, alhamdulillah, it's a good measuring stick. But this should not be something that should tell me, oh, just because you're living up to the wajib and haram, then no, you're still, there's something wrong here. No, no, these are not those measuring sticks for us. So if it ever happens that the good stuff happens, alhamdulillah. But if it's not happening, it doesn't mean that I'm on the wrong path now. Why do I say this? I'll give you an example. There are people that message me, and I've made it clear to them. But after a while, again, they message you, and you feel like, okay, they didn't get it yet. Why isn't Imam Zaman returning? Okay, well, what's the matter? Why are you so upset? Well, we must be doing something wrong. I have to go revisit my entire life. The guy is living up to the wajib and haram properly. Right? But because Imam Zaman hasn't returned, then something's wrong in my life. I got to go revisit. Before you know it, his wife is divorcing him. Because he's going so hard on, on his life, on his kids, wife, kids, and everything. No. This was not the measuring stick to tell whether you're getting it right or wrong. That's where the marajah come into the picture, my friend. That's where the wajib and haram comes into the picture. The same Ayatollah Jawadi. You go to him, you say, Shaykhna, I'm not seeing those clear dreams that you were talking about, you probably laugh. <laughs> Say relax. All right? That's for a person like me who's 60, 70 years old maybe. All right? For us, it's the wajib and haram and a little bit more of the mustahabat maybe if we've taken care of the wajib and haram and we have to continue this for 30 years. If nothing happens after 30 years, then let's talk. Okay? But the real thing is on the other side once we leave this dunya. So, to wrap it all up in one line, as I said, these are good signs. I, let me share this with you one. I, 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 don't, I usually don't share this with people, but let me just share it with you. Um, that uh, I saw a dream once myself. You know, I have a dream. I saw a dream. 
and it was a good dream and I went to one of these greats and I told him about it you know what he said to me he said this uh, he said look this is a good sign and that was about it he killed the whole vibe for me okay <laughs> right but I liked it. I, I, that's, I, I really liked it because he would keep things real, really. Rahmatullah, may Allah bless his soul. He would keep things real. Right? That's all he said to me. If I hadn't seen the dream, then it wouldn't have necessarily been a deal breaker for me. He wouldn't have said, oh, you're, there's something problematic with you. But when I see it, he tells me, okay, it's good. That's good. It's a good sign, inshallah. These things that we cover, these are good signs. doesn't mean if someone doesn't have it, there's a problem. I'll give you another example of you know keeping things real, keeping things normal. People like they go to Karbala for ziyara, okay? Brothers, sisters, don't make the mistake I did when I was younger. I went to Ziyara for I went to Karbala for Ziyara expecting like something special in the sense of, you know, you want to see the angels or something. It ain't gonna happen. Go and do ziyara, make the most of it. I the first time I went, I didn't go inside to actually do a proper ziyara of the grave of Imam Hussein. I stayed out in the sahan of the imam, right? Thinking something special is going to happen or I have to feel something special to be deserving to go or something like that. No, Habibi, go and do ziyara and understand what you're doing and come out. It's okay. Anyway, I sat there for the longest time reflecting, reflecting. I was like, wow, Imam Hussein is so great. Look at the ubudiyah that he had for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I went back to Iran after ziyara and I never went for act, uh, you know, actually inside the haram because of that weird understanding that I had. Long story short, we went to that great akhlaq teacher. I was like, this is the feeling I got when I was there. <laughs> that Imam Hussein is so great. What am I? I'm like, I'm nothing. Like all this, you know, it was like the peak of you know, your religiosity and your spirituality and stuff. So you think you're something special. You go there, Imam Hussein lets you know that you're nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so I told this great scholar this. He told me, he said, if that's all you got out of it, that's good. You know, it's worth it. Keeping it simple. Understand that you're nothing. Okay? Now I regretted not going inside, so I was just waiting for another opportunity to go for ziyara. The next time I went, that was the only place I was. Stuck to the zari <laughs> the whole time. Right? Don't make that mistake. Yeah, it's about keeping things simple. Okay? If something special happens, alhamdulillah. But if it doesn't, it's not a bad sign as long as... I've got the measuring stick right, which is I am living my life with, in accordance with the wajib and, ha, and haram of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Any questions before we end? Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.